Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of creating a whole new society on the back of a, a piece of scrap paper. Where are you going to put the bathroom? Uh, you're going to have to get another little piece right over there. Yeah. He's going to fold it over just right. You know. So. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week we are following up our last uh, two episodes on colonies. And we are going to be talking about the nitty gritty of colony creation. And, you know, when we talk about colony creation, really, we're, you know, we are sp specifically speaking more toward the science fiction end. But, you know, it can be fantasy where people are going out and going away from their main societal structure, you know. Uh, but the point is, is, it is, is the idea that you're kind of deciding, you know, what you're going to be when you get there. Now, you can be like Voyager where they go and they say, oh, we're Starfleet. Wherever we go, we're Starfleet. You know, all the rules still apply. It doesn't matter that we're like going to spend the next 20 years getting back. Okay, we're still going to be Starfleet when we get there. You know, I, I and a number of other people think that was a crazy notion that I, I didn't really support. Okay, but, you know, that certainly has been, you know, the attitude of a lot of people. And if you look at the difference between Canada and America and, and the United States, okay, the difference between our societies, you can see that there, there were, you know, in one case, they pretty much held on to the core values of their origin, while the other one, we just kind of said, eh, you know, yeah. let's just put it into the old shake-o-matic and see what, see what floats to the surface. We're going to do our own thing now. We, we're going, we don't need you your interfering with us anymore. It's more like we're going yeah. to do everybody's thing, you know, until mm -hmm. and throw out the stuff that doesn't work, which is one of the strengths of America is the fact is that, you know, it, it, it's, it, when it works, it's a meritocracy, okay, you know, uh, when it doesn't work, then you end up with, uh, well, you end up with all the things where, you know, people buy, buy positions and, and uh, you know, you get chosen for things because, you know, you have some, you know, you, you're in a family line or you're, you know, somebody who knows something, yeah. right. You know, and oligarchy you're, or Plutarchy. Right. And you're not, yeah. the right, and you're not necessarily the right person for the job. You're just the person who is, is right in the eyes of the people who are in power. So anyways, but you see all those are possibilities for colonies. Okay. We're not, you know, we're not saying you can't do that or you're bad for doing that. What we're saying is, is that every choice brings with it its own issues. And we're going to talk about those right now. So, you know, like the very first question is, is that, you know, if you have a colony and there are indigenous species, do your colonists isolate from them or do they include them? And by, and by include, I mean, you know, from as little as just trading with them all the way up to 
marrying into them, bringing them into the culture, their own, you know, basically trying to make them into proper colonists. Okay, whatever that means for you, right? So, and what are the, you know, if you do that, okay, then do you keep your culture and ethos alive? Do you keep their culture and ethos alive? What do you think, Jonathan? We've seen it work usually, at least in our own history. We see that usually the colonizer tries, to, whether intentionally or not, ends up trying to or mostly eradicating the indigenous culture, whether it be the individuals or just the, the culture itself. But this is sci-fi. This is fantasy. You know, this is you can do it the way you want to do it. I would love to see some uh, stories where the the colonizers like find a a happy mixture and hybridize both cultures to work together. Well, in the um, in the historical story of of Philadelphia, uh, William Penn basically had the tribe move within the city walls, and they lived inside the city, and they were considered to be of equal standing with the. Uh, other members of Philadelphia. Now, you know, I'm not saying 200 years later, we still, we don't have a tribe in the middle of that, uh, of Philadelphia anymore, unless I'm greatly mistaken. But I'm just saying is that there, there was an effort made. And, you know, and, and I don't know why it changed or, you know, and certainly a lot of other places it didn't, you know, it, it was, they were, they were antagonistic. So, I think it, I think a lot of it has to do with how you view the people, the the natives. You know, are they, you know, the indigenous species? Are do you see them as uh, competitors? Do you see them as aggressors? Do you see them as, you know, and when I say competitors and aggressors, I don't mean just, you know, for your livelihood. I mean, as we were just mentioning, your culture, your ethos, right? Okay, uh, trap. I mean. This is this was always a problem for the Jews, in uh, or I should say the Israelis, uh, right? Yeah. With the the yeah. Every, you know the surrounding people around what became Israel. Can you speak to yeah. what happened there? Oh well, I mean, if you are a fan of history over the last 50, 60 years, I mean, just I was actually thinking just the, like three thousand years ago. But go on. Well, I mean, yeah, we all you know with well that was like. Egypt and the Jews were slaves there, right? And the whole Moses. I was actually thinking that. later the Hittites and the whole uh, David versus Goliath and everything else. Samson and Delilah. Delilah. Yeah, yeah. It just oh no, we, we the, the 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 stories and knowledge of the Israelis, the the Jewish being persecuted is known among everyone. I mean, just and wherever they go, you know, people have been you know giving them crap. And I'm trying to think when the nation of Israel was finally, you know, I want to say 51, 1951, I think is when the state of Israel, I'm using air quotes here, officially came into being. Well, in modern day, after they were disbanded yeah. for a couple thousand yeah. years, yeah. But yeah, it just seemed wherever they go, wherever they went, they just, they face persecution constantly. Okay, well, and, all right, you know, you're, so everywhere they went, they were seen as the outsider. Why was that? Yeah. Why weren't they, you know, embraced by other cultures? Uh, well, the, I could say religious differences, the, how they, you know, they're, oh my God, I'm blank on that. Judaism. Yeah, it just, it, to a lot of people, it was different. Yeah. And it was monotheistic it just, when a lot of these other people yeah, believed in multiple yeah. gods. 
Yeah, that yeah, was one of the things. Yeah. It was one of the first monotheistic religions. And and just there are certain other. Well, I mean, in the 20th century, all the rhetoric against them about you know that Hitler did and everything. But even then, just yeah, their difference in religion, their customs. Yeah, it just I I would have to say cultural different, cultural and religious differences were the main reason why they were constantly getting the shaft from wherever they went. Okay, so can we say the fact that they maintained their cultural identity? even when they were in another country uh, you know surrounded by other people other culture had had oh, yeah, that yeah. you know helped identify them as a threat and and as a group that need that needed to be observed and possibly controlled yeah yeah and 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 as i said i heck uh, you um wild card he's jewish and just the culture <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that's why a, i'm not no, asking no, no, him no, to I, do the question <laughs> Travis. Well, no, the, the, ask there, you. there's yeah. a story yeah there a story where i misunderstood something about he had mentioned something about judaism and and he went he goes oh he's just a goyim i'm like what did you call me and all my other friends on the skype called like trav trav you just meant you're gentile he's not okay yeah so just their cultural identity is that strong and it has lasted three four thousand years and just still it's like five yeah, years it's, it's that yeah, it's despite, that it's that one thing that they hold dear yeah despite, despite numerous attempts to eradicate all, it yeah all the crap they've been through that cultural identity it's it's their sword their shield their armor their blanket they just okay this is us this is who we are despite everything that we have been through we are still well jewish i guess would be the and just yeah, that that cultural identity. I don't I don't know if it would be jealousy because they had it. I would think more it was differences. Okay, so like you're, let's say you're uh, a colony, okay, and you came from a completely different culture, and you land and you have all these these Jewish people, okay, that are in the area, and they're all very friendly, and they all start you know they start working with your colony and they start selling to your colonists and they start you know uh buying stuff they start work you know uh building on the land that you've cleared and they've helped you clear it it's not like they're like being and not being a contributory factor here and you see them prospering you're prospering too but you're seeing them prosper but what happens is is that you also see them as clearly identifying themselves as different from you Either from their physicality, if they were alien, you know, Israelis, yeah, yeah. okay, or um, or by their their culture, okay, and you know, and that's where you you know somebody has to make someone can either take advantage of that to try to use it to gain power by you know identifying them as an alien because they are alien, you know, an enemy because they're alien, you or them. yeah, or yeah, you know. Or they can, you know, or they can honestly say these people are not trying to adopt our culture. Therefore, they feel their culture is superior to ours. How do we feel about that? Is that the yeah? There, it, it it's the the phrase I read back in a college civics book. Human nature is self interest. They're going to sit there and go, they're helping us. They're doing all this, yet they don't want to become part of us. They're still shying away and not coming fully into our fold. They've helped us. They've helped us clear the land. They're, you know, we're both, you know, making wonderful gains on this new land with their help. But why do they still have their own customs and want to do this and celebrate this instead of this and this instead of this and do this way instead of this way? 
yeah, there's going to be people that are going to just take offense to that. Oh, you're helping us out. Why don't you just join in? And they have their cultural and right. religious identity. So what there is, are people that are not going to like that. Yeah. Right. So how do you resolve that situation? And, and, and either uh, you guys can jump in on this. Well, what we've kind of seen, it's it's not a perfect solution, but what we've seen here in America is that, that the whole melting pot, if you can get people to accept that anything different is the norm, then it's a little embracing bit... The diverse, yeah. Embracing the diversity, yes. Which is one of the strengths of this nation. Yeah. But it, and that helps when you're already, when you yourself is already, or are already a diverse group. So yeah, if you have, again, using this colony, uh, and if you are a colony made up of one nation and or one religion in this situation, it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot harder to keep this kind of uh, discontent out of your people. While if you're already a colony of multinational colonists or or multi uh cultural faith then yeah yeah it's you're just comparing yourself to another one that's okay yeah they're they got their thing we've got our thing you've got your thing he's got his thing we're all got our thing that's one way i can think of yeah but all but also bruce you did mention that oh yeah these people were kind enough to you know teach us how to do this and this on the land and help us clear you know like let's say things like Oh, we've come to this land and this culture has helped us identify things like dangerous predators and toxic plants. And so they're helping us out. You're always going to have that one guy who's going to try to take advantage of it. Oh, we have a cheap labor force. And then, you know, try to, you know, like the the, the pharaohs did with the Jews. You know, yeah, it's going to have to, you know, enslave them because, you know, they, they work for They've worked and yeah, we're going to keep doing it. Just going to put them under our thumb a little more because somebody's always looking to make a profit. Somebody's always trying to, you know, get some, uh, look at Columbus. Come on. I mean, just, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. And he, yeah, the, he's yeah. a good example uh, as a bad example. Okay. But like I've said, no, we're no, not looking no. for the bad example here. We're saying, how do you prosper your colony, you know, without putting yourself at war with this, you know, with the surrounding species, right? It would be under understanding and acceptance, realizing these people are different, yet they were willing to go out of their way to help us. They could have, you know, shut us out. Heck, right. they could have eradicated well, us. They I would say that you have to do more than that. I would say that you have to, you have to celebrate their contributions to your society. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have I, to I have. Think that, that would be, that would, that would be part of the understanding and acceptance that you were well, willing to. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of passive acceptance. You know, as you say, they do their thing, we do our thing. You know, until conflict happens, in which case it's like the line is still drawn. You haven't blurred the line at all. You've just simply ignored the line. So, you know, by celebrating their contributions, okay, you can still say you you can still hold you know, and at the same time, you celebrate your own contributions. You know, they, they, they want to have, you know, a, a temple to their god or gods, okay? You could say fine, okay? But, you know, uh, every, but for every temple you have, then we have another, we have a, a temple too, okay? So there's some kind of, of, of cultural balance, balance cultural or balance. sustainability, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You know, you have feast days, we have feast days. We learn, we yeah. learn to enjoy your food, you learn to enjoy our food. You know, yeah. we marry your, uh, we intermarry, okay? Which, of course, brings all kinds of strange issues because, 
you know, the, the Israelis were like, yeah, we'll, we'll marry, you know, people from any culture as long as the children were raised Jewish. Yeah. You know, yeah. They were all fine with that. And, and that was actually very common uh, in the history of Israel. Now, the problem with that was in the history of Israel was is that usually the spouses would bring in alien gods. Okay, they bring them into the house. They tell, they teach, tell the stories to the children and things like that. And if you're a very um, rigid religion and, you know, a re religious culture, then that's going to cause problems. Okay, so... You know, I think I think you're right that you know if you're going to exist, your culture has to be more fluid. You have to, you know, you have to do the the thing that says what matters most, okay? And say here's these are things that we don't have to worry about. You know, we don't have to worry about who's wearing burkas, okay? <laughs> we don't have to worry about who's stopping instead of them going out for a smoke break, they're stopping to have a prayer break. You know, at the same time, is is that you know we don't you know they don't come up to us and say, hey, you know, your your short skirts are making our menfolk uh, act in, in impure ways. You know, you that's where you draw the line and say, no, you need to teach your menfolk or your women folk, because yeah. this is going to be fantasy, you know, uh, your women folk to behave properly, regardless of how people are dressed. There, There is something kind of like that where a culture coming in is granted acceptance. Um, I don't know if you two have heard of the Detroit suburb of Hamtramck. It's just north of the city limits outside Detroit. It was generally... It, it sounds like well, a place I'm, where I'm they make... It sounds like a place where they make mattresses. Yeah. <laughs> Um, heavily Polish community. They have Polish delis, Polish restaurants, and then recently a large contingent of Middle Eastern people practicing Islam moved into Hamtramck over the past maybe, let's see, 15, 20 years. Integra integration to the point where now all throughout Hamtramck and, and me being of Polish descent and knowing how old Polacks can be, we can be rather stodgy and stubborn all of a sudden, the Hamtramck City Council said, yeah, we're going to put up um, speakers all over the city limits to do the, the three prayer bells for Islam. And yeah, it happened. There, You now, if you're driving through Hamtramck, you'll hear throughout, you know, speaker polls all throughout the city, the three prayer tones that Islamic people, you know, they face Mecca and they pray on their prayer mat or whatever. And um, I know a little bit about it because one of my Friday gamers practices islam and she will actually have to step away okay at, you know friday evening okay it's time for my prayer okay we can work around her but still they integrated this different culture and religion because on generally most polish people are catholic so all of a sudden here's this islamic contingent coming in and they're they got the prayer bells and people are stopping and praying you know the three times a day and just it was a matter of acceptance Yes, there was probably some begrudging, like, what are you talking about? You're going to do what and put these poles up where? But it passed. And so it's now become a thing of understanding with the Islamic practicing con uh, contingent of people in Hamtramck. They now have this. And, of course, me being up here and here in Michigan, the southeast Michigan area, we have the highest concentration of Middle Eastern people outside of the Arab world. But it's just, I'm hearing this, they did what? Wow. <laughs> And friends are going, what do you mean? It's like, I'm kind of getting curmudgeonly there. And I know that many would just be like, what are you doing? You're going to do what? So, yeah, it's as I said, it's a matter of acceptance and understanding. And then you can integrate the culture in. And I'm sure it's not like an air raid siren or anything. It's probably just a gentle tone to let 
the adherents of Islam know, okay, it's time for morning prayer, midday prayer, evening prayer. And just that that's why I said it, acceptance and understanding is how these cultures can coexist. And I figured that Hamtramck example would be the best one. I'm sure that when they did this, when they posed this to your the council of that area, there was some guy who got uh, or woman who got up and said, oh, yeah. And then they're going to be like saying their prayers to those speakers. And we're all going to have to listen to that. Yeah, because they did not understand about the, the 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 tenets of Islam and just yeah oh no I'm sure that I mean if I were to research I'm sure that the city council meetings regarding this were <clears throat> lively uh, <laughs> lively <laughs> lively yes thank yeah yeah Energy. and again knowing how uh, knowing how you know old Polacks get because I'm getting to be one you know some of them get stuck in their ways and they're just like no and I'm sure it was a contested issue until representatives of the Islamic community in Hamtramck came in and said no. This is part of our culture. We've moved here. You've accepted us. We would like to have this because it is something intrinsic to our culture, excuse me, and religion. And then finally it got passed, and now they're all over these these uh, speakers are all over Hamtramck. But yeah, if that one person jumped up and said, oh, this and this is going to happen. No, you're, you don't understand who we are, how we live, how we pray, our beliefs. It's not going to disrupt your day. So yeah, that would be the perfect, That that's why I had said, acceptance and understanding of right i i think that's a good example it's a very good example of where you know a culture that comes in and it could have been just the other way around you know like you say it could have been the the you know uh the colonists could have been the people coming in you know into a city that was native to the culture the world they were on and they're saying hey we want to have you know something like that and the locals there are like why should we support this why should we you know, go out of our way to allow you to promote your culture, you know, when there's no well, be no benefit to us, okay? Right, and you're stopping for 15 minutes to do this. That's 15 minutes you could be working or doing whatever, right? Well, I, I don't see, see it that way. I, I see it as them saying is that we don't want to help you make your culture predominant, okay? And, and, and that's, I think that's short-sighted. Okay, because yeah. oh, very much so. Yeah, because you know, you know, as we've, you know, what happens historically, you know, is that, you know, uh, and and the, and the game of oh, civilization, uh, I don't forget who produces oh, yeah. Sid it. Myers, yeah, is is a yeah. wonderful game for teaching us because what yes. happens is is that you go and you have these areas of the map, you know, Thrace, which is Greece, and. Uh, Illyria, which is Rome, and the and what will happen is is that you want to build cities. Ultimately, you want to build a whole lot of cities and have a whole lot of culture, and that's how you win the game. Okay, so yeah, it, what you always end up doing is you always end up moving people into an area. Okay, populations who bring their own culture and beliefs and things like that, and then there's a a, a population in that area. All right, and what will happen is is that there'll be war. Because, first of all, usually there's too many people for the land to support. And, uh, and then, of course, the, uh, the one culture may try to take, down, take over a city. In other words, take down the city and replace it with one of their own. Okay, so what always, you know, because they want to be the dominant culture, you know. And, uh, and what happens in all cases, unless, of course, the one, you know, the, 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 this the player of, of the, that particular area who just wants to trounce, you know, 
uh, that one culture coming in is is that what you do is you just start you know taking away population from each side according to some predefined rules you know until the land can support it and if the city falls the city falls but other, but at the end of it they coexist somehow why good why am I reminded of the whole thing with the Matrix and Hugo weaving humans are a virus they're a disease. They take all the resources that, you know, that, that whole mo uh, monologue. Wow. You, you know, you're taking what I'm doing and turning it into a really dark negative thing, direction, <laughs> which is the exact opposite of what I was trying to say. Well, I, no, it just, it, as, as humans come in and do something, that was just the first thing that popped my head. I'm not trying to right. disrupt your point. It's just that it reminded me of that whole Yeah, You're just doing it because you're trapped, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Little character assassination no, but, here um, on uh, gaming on the frontier. We do not run. We yeah. we here on gaming on the frontier do not uh, advocate character assassination in okay, any form. Okay, now now you're step now you're stepping on my line. I'm the disclaimer <laughs> guy. Yeah. <laughs> but but no, okay. It, it, but the point is, yeah, the point I'm trying to make is the fact that people, you know, find a way to coexist. Okay, if it's you know you know if a they can't beat the other side, and b you know if there's advantage to working the other. It, you know, people will always find a way of, of coexisting. And 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 the history of uh, of England and uh, Northern Europe is a great example of that because uh, we all we've all here in America have all heard about the Puritans who came over from England to avoid their you know they were being. Uh, uh, prejudice. You know, they're by, being persecuted, yeah. right? Okay, but I think by the Anglicans. But the point was is that yeah. 50 years before, the Puritans were in charge, and they were punishing other people. So they were. So in, in many ways, they were fleeing the consequences of yeah. their own actions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they came to America. They established you know, uh, their own little colonies and things like that at the same time they were abutting up against uh, native american tribes and then other colonies from other areas so you know you notice that there aren't any you know there aren't any uh, uh states puritan states in america anymore okay because people bl found a way to work with each other and blend in when they weren't being hunted down to the last man and child you know <laughs> Uh, by the people that who who had uh, you know a vendetta against them, which is why they fled to America, you know. But uh, so I'm just saying this happens. We you we see this 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 cycle of violence that happens and and of of um, injury and people trying to get revenge for the injury, which just perpetuates the cycle again and again and yeah. again. Middle Central Sunset. Europe is rife with this. Uh, so suffering the sins of the fathers. Right, right. You know, and which is why you know sometimes running off into you know uh, to a to a whole another world, another country, or whatever like that, and living and being forced to live there can actually be very good for you. Um, you know, and the um, and I, I won't go back uh, into, to the Israelis, uh, but they, there's a lot of examples of that too, where they got carried off into another land because they had been conquered. But instead of them being turned back into slaves again, they were they were made treated as citizens. They were they were you know they were given good treatment. Okay, um, and 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 ultimately 
um, they were allowed to return back to their homeland and, um, and and take over their land again and prosper until the Romans showed up and basically conquered everybody. So, uh, but the point is, is this happens. This uh, so it's always knowing that if you go engage in, in a cycle of violence, it just perpetuates itself. It's always better to go a different route. And so, you know, while conflict is good for the purposes of our games, there I think the GM should always have an overarching plan of bringing some kind of of uh, peace, lasting peace, to the people that live there uh, by whatever means is necessary, whatever means jazzes the group, you know, whether it be by, uh, you know, introducing a brand new culture, uh, by uh, intermarriage, uh, by uh, you know a, a new religion that that actually you know. Uh, addresses the needs of both groups in a way that they oh, can join okay. together. Yeah, I'm kind of reminded of the River World series by Philip Jose Farmer, one of my favorite series. And because you had the 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 breakdown of let's see, it was like 80 percent of people from one area in time, another 19 percent of a separate distinct group, and then the remainder was just anybody from like 100,000 BC to 1983, and then, so it was a melting pot. But you had like that 80 some percent culture, the 19 percent culture, and then the mix up. After a while, they missionaries came up with something called the Church of the Second Chance. Because obviously, you know, being resurrected on this river world, you had people plop there and all of a sudden it's like, okay, we are 20th century Americans from the East Coast. And we are the 19% and the 80% are, let's say, 14th century African tribal warriors. Okay, they, they with the, these people, stories got around that, okay, there are whole massive populations being slaughtered because they're just, okay, you are not like us. And when you get killed on the river world, you get resurrected elsewhere. So after a while, this religion, this unifying religion and the use of the artificial language Esperanto became how peace was settled you all found this this religion was made to be that and the, the language was all made to be this happy medium that you've talked about because all the religions were well in the context of story proven wrong this is not heaven this is not purgatory this is not nirvana this is not you know the celestial kingdom this is a river valley with very high mountains no this is not what i've been taught so the church of the second chance was it it was created to kind of it was kind of a all religion just okay this is what's happened and if you keep dying enough you know get it through accident or misadventure you will eventually go to a godhead and pretty much it formed around the river world okay we will settle on this so yeah usually it's it's for acceptance and um i forgot the other word understanding it's often yeah it's often compromise it's often okay we need to find our similarities and not our differences the differences okay fine yeah that that but Oh, look, we have these 10 points here. And then this one point we, you know, is either slightly different or disagree on. They focus on the 10 points and they'll get along. And it's just, okay, on this one, we'll agree to a disagree. Let's do this. So, <clears throat> oh. okay. Excuse me. All right. So, yeah, uh, that, yes. No, just that was, that was my best example for a, a lesser, smaller size culture coming in. It's after a while, you just have to make compromises. Yeah. I, I, I like that. It was it came in, it's it united people and then it you know, it basically they sent their missionaries out, they worked their way up up and down the river, you know, and when they died, 
they just popped back up and started doing it some more. So they yeah. they kept group, you know, the pockets of them would group together into larger groups, making the church bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, so yeah, when when you can't kill people to to actually, get, you can kill people to get rid of people. You can't kill people to get rid of ideas. No, you can never kill a belief or an idea. No. You know, at least not a river world. Okay, so yeah, right, um, right, right, right. All right, so so in a lot of these you know worlds, you know, and in, uh, in a lot of these colonies. Um, the colonies that seem to do best are the ones that basically can increase their populations. Uh, because, uh, you know, America was not pop, was not populated by immigrants in the sense that, you know, large, vast numbers of people came over from other countries and became America. Okay. What happened was, is that people from other countries came to America and settled and then had babies along with everybody else who was having babies. And those babies having babies were the ones that created this country. So, you know, that's... Yeah, because they, they, they still consider themselves, yes, I am, for sake of example, I am Italian. I'm living here in America, but I am Italian. Today, we would call them a first-generation Italian-American or the, the term, you know, they were fresh off the boat. Right. But... I consider myself now, yeah, what, fourth-generation, mostly Polish-American. I consider myself American. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's just the, the diversity and the blending is what made our culture, which we now know as American culture, because you can see, oh, this came from this, that came from that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, even though we, you were taught, you know, these, these offspring were taught the culture of their parents, they grew up in a world which had other cultures, not the same and, and not the same surrounding cultures that they had grown, their parents had grown up with because they had come to America. So, you know, it's, and my, my point here is, is that, so it, if the way to prosper your colony is to have babies, what are you, how are you going to maximize that, Jonathan? Oh, well, food and health. I mean, make sure they're all well-fed and, and well taken care of so that they can, they feel like they can have babies. Because if you're not too sure about your own survival, you're probably not going to you're probably not even going to have the time to have babies in a more in a very direct sense if you're too busy working the field trying to survive trying yeah. to survive you're not going to have the energy to do the procreation part so just uh, elevating the the like standard of living yeah uh can help it just naturally generate more babies because when people have a higher standard of living they have a little bit more free time they have a little bit more relaxation, and they can get a little frisky with the well, whoever they want to get frisky with. This is where we insert. This is where we insert the pod safe R and B music to mention that point. Yeah, because you can't <laughs> use Marvin Gaye. But no, yeah, it it usually as cultures, the better and like John said, the better a standard of living, the more time for self enlightenment and and personal growth, because you're not having to spend time. Okay, I need to make sure that this crop grows or we're not going to survive the winter if you come up with better ways to do and that's just the advance of technology that's how we went from hunter gatherer to you know bronze and iron age you know like the progress levels that i use and just yeah as 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 civilization grew in advance and technology grew in advance our population advanced because we were able to do things to provide for our people in better and easier ways so yeah it, it's just if we're not having to fight to survive, then the procreation bit can, you know, you actually have time. Yeah, and not, not only stressed that, stressed but... out because you're in the fields 
19 hours a day. Yeah. And and that and also the fact that you know, your babies were more likely to survive. Right. Yeah. If, it's if they're dying it's important that you infants. feel like your babies are going to survive and not just survive, as you kind of mentioned it, prosper. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. OK. And this and this brings, you know, and sometimes it's not just food and and shelter we're talking about, you know. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've said for a while now that, you know, ha- you know, that having babies is, is a inherently dangerous act activity. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and, and if you can lower, lower the chance of, of, of that, it makes the, uh, the idea of having multiple babies more of a positive things. So if you say, well, you know, if you have, uh, after you've had your first baby and we know that you can do so then we will give you better health care uh, for your second baby. And if you have, let's say, four babies, then your first baby will get into the university for free. And, uh, and if you have eight babies, uh, we'll give you a free ho- I'll give you a free house in the better section of town. I mean, you can basically set up all kinds of premiums, for people to have babies and and encourage people to do so. Yeah, they kind of okay, and and I'm sure we're probably going to go back to our last session how I was bringing up Robotech and Bruce was bringing up the expanse. Um, after the reign of death, you know, they had to rebuild the population in, in Robotech, the Macross, you know, that that whole thing. And so a lot of the things that I read was, okay, we will obviously subsidize you. You can either, you know, if you uh, if you are a woman and you wish to help build back the population, we will subsidize for you to do so. You will get health care, prenatal health care. Once this child is born, you can either raise it yourself or it will become a ward of the state and we will put it through, you know, training and care and all this. And I think they said from something I read, 32, because you the first 16 years and then 16 was the age of majority. And then, well, the next 16 years, the child will be doing something for the state in order to, well, pay back for that care. Or, you know, it could be raised with a family and then just goes the normal route. So yeah, it, it, to propagate building up the population after such a catastrophic event where 99% of the population Earth was wiped out, yeah, they had they gave great bonuses and subsidies to <clears throat> increase the herd, we'll say. And I remember reading that a lot of it was care and all that. Okay, Jonathan, do you have any ideas for increasing the population? If we're talking about intentionally increasing? Yes. Uh, part of me, it's kind of related to what I was saying earlier about just how to do it naturally, but um, you can kind of go to Roman out and sponsor parties, we'll say. Okay. Parties with lots there's of term, There's alcohol. a term for things like that. Yeah, Jonathan, yeah. there's a term yeah. for that. Yeah. I, I don't know how friendly we want to make it, but yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. Frequent celebration, um, but, and 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 I'm and and I'm not just talking about the the you know sex parties, but I'm also talk, just talking about frequent celebrations, it, it almost mandated uh, festivals regularly because yeah, it, to, to have let the people feel that they're they're doing a good job and feeling good about themselves, yeah. But you also the fact that you know usually um, at a festival there's going to be alcohol and alcohol usually brings about friskiness a lack of inhibition we'll say uh, dad that's better yeah uh, that's actually probably yeah. the key to it is that lack of inhibition yeah. yeah uh you could uh make as part of your culture uh something that says if uh if the child bearer 
wishes to have children with more than one uh, partner, that there is that there is no detriment to her or to the child. I think that would be a big improvement because right now in our culture, if someone does that, in most cases, uh, it causes divorce. It causes yeah. uh, a, com- a complete disruption of the family unit, and um, and a lot uh, and a, a reduction of uh, of resources to the the offspring. Yeah. If you can get rid of you know any like sexual Stig- restrictions and stigmas, that help yeah. will help you a lot. Yeah, and and it has a side effect of also you know causing your gene pool to become more varied, diverse. diverse right. Yeah. Now oh, yeah. you know. The easy way of starting this, by the way, is uh, is to identify a set of genes that are uh, desirable, and then to say we will give you know extra money, extra benefits, whatever, if you have children by someone who can provide those genes. And whether you do this by the old-fashioned way, <laughs> or you do this by artificial insemination, or you do this by you know whatever. Other methods are available to your technology. Okay, this, you know, uh, uh, this is a way of basically saying, hey, it's okay for you to raise a child that's not, isn't sired by the other half of your family unit or have a family unit that includes more than just two people as the primary reproductive unit. Let's say yeah, like, a, a, uh, like a polycule. Yeah. Yes, like yeah. a polycule. Or yeah. uh, I believe there was a term in 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 Israel uh, where it's 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 like a small group, and they share the house, the child rearing amongst themselves, and and they share a, a number of resources together. And I don't know if they share partners, but I'm just saying is is that you know saying that no, you don't have to be you know you know uh, a, a, you know a, a positive and a negative. Okay. It, uh, in order to produce a child means that you're going to have, you know, the people are going to produce more children because they'll have more opportunities and there won't be, as you said, stigmatized for taking advantage of those opportunities. So, you know, this is, and I like the fact that we're going a lot in that direction, but in America, but we're seeing a lot of, I don't want to get on a tangent here. We're seeing a lot of pushback against that idea. You know, everybody, Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's always a constant saying: Is it whatever happened to the to the the, the single you know the the nuclear family, and you know, and my reaction to that is: You mean the 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 you know the mythical family where yeah. you know everybody was had all the resources they needed, you know, one got one one of the only one of the family members worked and. And yeah. every, and and you were able to buy a house on a single salary and right you know yeah. the, all that that doesn't exist you wanted to go back to that you don't know no, no it, it, it's it's funny Bruce because one of my Sunday gamers is in a polycule she is married they have a daughter she has a child with another man that man is married to another man so there is the heterosexual married couple the same sex couple the two kids are being raised they're half siblings and everything's fine. The only time they have a problem is other people stick their damn nose into the business. These kids are being raised fine. They're wonderful children. I them I know them both. And it's just the societal crap that this gamer puts up with. But everything in the house is fine. There's nothing weird going on. It's just to 
conventional thinking, yeah, then people get all bristly and bent out of shape about, oh, wait a minute, you're raising your kids in this environment? Doesn't this harm them? And yeah, there is a lot of pushback for that. But they cover all the expenses. Everything's good. Every Everybody has food in their mouth. And yeah, so things like raising kids like that, there's not a real problem with it. it, it it's actually a better option. Actually, I've seen memes on my feeds on social media most people are becoming polyamorous just to be able to afford a house. You know, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and um, you know, way, way back, you know, uh, when I was going to Jesus festivals, one of the ministers said, yeah, um, you know, I, I don't want to, I live in Philadelphia. Uh, that's where I got most of my Philadelphia stories, this, this minister. And he says that, uh, and I don't want you to judge me, but I live in a mansion, okay? But I don't live in the mansion alone. I live in the mansion with six other families. And we pool, you know, we all are working and, you know, we, we basically pay the mortgage and our mortgage is low because we're all paying it. Okay. And we're all saving money for our retirement and we're all having kids. And if someone needs to go somewhere to do something, there's usually like six cars available for them to choose from. And depending upon what you want to do, you just pick the right car. You know, if you need a pickup truck, you yeah. need, and uh, and if someone needs to do something, you know, if there's some repair that needs to be done to the house, you know, the, the then it's, you know, there's going to be 12, 15 people, if, you know, more if you include the kids, you know, who are, yeah. who, who can be rounded up, you know, scheduled for a particular weekend for a work day to go do some serious stuff. You know, we, we paint our own houses. Okay. We don't hire a, a, a you know, we do our own lawn care you know uh we have people who train other people to do things we pass on knowledge from the previous generations okay and people come up and says you know what are you a, you know a socialist a communist because you're living in a commune and i'm like no we're, we're living like the way that's that your bible says the early christians lived you yeah know? right exactly you know anyone who has need gets what they need Okay, so, but they, they didn't, uh, that particular minister wasn't promoting the idea of, of multiple, um, you know, of being polyamorous. Um, no. he, he was Presbyterian. <laughs> They're not known for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the point was, is in all other regards, they were, they were, you know, they had found a way to basically maximize you know, their contribution to each other, you know, and, you know, and overall, because he said, look, you know, people are saying, well, who owns the house? Well, you know, the group owns the house, you know, and say, like, well, what happens if you move? And, and you know, he says, you, do you get the house, you know, or, you know, does someone pay you out for your investment? He says, no, because if I lived, if you lived in an apartment, which is what you would have, all these people were living in before they came here, you didn't get any money for that. So, yes, the organization, you know, the the overarching organization that's that 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 the entity, the legal entity that runs runs the household, you know, what you call a commune, owns the house. Yes. And yeah. It's, you know, it's, and, and, and that's just the way it is. But, you know, since you're paying an awful lot less money for everything, because it's shared amongst all these people, that means you have more money to put in retirement or investments or whatever else you want to do, okay? You know, you can go and buy your own property if you want to and rent it out to people. You know, you, you, know, you can rent, you can save money and put a down payment. I mean, nothing keeps you from, you know, going beyond the household and and and, and prospering 
Okay, you can start your own business. You can do whatever you want. You know, it's, it, it's just, you know, it's this is a, you know, this is not a negative in any way. Just because everything isn't cut down the middle like some kind of, you know, draconian thing saying, well, everything has to be holding common. That means everything. It's like some things are you know, still required, you know, um, in order to make the household work. And that's how that's what we do. Yeah. But we only do the minimum that's necessary. Everything else is, is done this way. And yeah, and, and, and it's and, and I hadn't seen the guy, of course, in 20, 30 years. So I don't know uh, whether that 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 house continued or anything else like that. But at the time, it sounded like a really great place to stay. <laughs> I really wish that, you know, I had been able to go and visit and see how these people ha you know, lived and, and whether they did, in fact, prosper the way they did. They, he, he claimed they did. But you can see how in a colony, this this what I just mentioned would be a microcosm for these other things. Yeah. But in order for that to happen, okay, there's got to be a everyone's got to be on board. Everyone's got to be willing to give and take. You know, um, well, equally. rules must be put out at the beginning. Okay, right. This is what we are doing, and this is what we are not doing. Right. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things, the first things that you need to do if you go. If you have a colony on another, uh, in, a, in a remote location, okay, and there are indigenous species there, is is that you have to make them citizens. Everybody's a citizen. They have to accept you as a citizen of their culture, of their their whatever, and they you have to accept them. <coughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's, yeah. it's yeah, it, and they're you know the often the indigenous cultures they have their own. Methods and rituals to bring people new into the tribe. And of course, you know, for us, usually for humans, it's usually marriage or adoption. Like, okay, we adopt you as a brother. You're part of this family, this clan, or this, uh, there's another term I'm, I'm blanking on. But yeah, usually we adopt and the other, you know, indigenous cultures usually have rituals. Like you have to, you know, go on a hunt or you got to drink this particular drink we make or eat this meal or do this. And yeah. So they, and of course, they kind of join, join yeah. the tribe, yeah. Okay, but yeah, the point yeah. is, is that it's important that you that you establish legal parity with each other. Yeah, I, I I think the idea of having separate but equal legal systems is a terrible idea. It's some some we've seen so much abuse in the past. Okay? Yeah. Uh, but you know, if anything, it probably would be better if you were tried by the opposite group because you know. Yeah, everyone always thinks that they can work within their own group. We we know how to we know how to work our system. We don't know how to work their systems. So. Well, that's like how it is with the Native Americans and the like. The Bureau of well, I'm sure it's probably the Bureau of Native American Affairs. It used to be called the Bureau of Indian Affairs. You do a crime on their land, you don't deal with our, you know, the the U.S. Justice. You're dealing with theirs. Well, that's, that's that's good where, when that happens yeah. because there's an awful lot of cases where it's been used you know against the native americans so yeah okay well yeah but still i'm just right. saying that they have the different set of rules yeah right so okay so let's move on to another uh completely different part okay so you know if you have a city if you have a uh a, a colony or whatever like that sooner or later you're gonna run into uh something that doesn't like you okay whether it's a uh, another um you know another group that's coming from off planet or it's another you buddy you basically grow out and you run into another you know large group 
uh, tribal group or national group or another religion that happens to be very uh, uh, militarily uh, evangelical. So, and you find yourself basically at war, which is where you know, which is one of the reasons I wanted to mention the whole thing about having children, because you know, warfare kills people. And uh, and and a lot of times, whoever can recover faster wins the long game. But anyways, uh, back to the city. So, what's your favorite? <clears throat> what's your favorite form of defense? You know, and and don't say negotiation because that's not what we're talking about. You are at this point. You were long past the concept of negotiating. Peace. Yeah. You were. The guns are drawn. Yeah. The guns are drawn. Um, they're rolling in. They're going to do something. So. What's you know what what's your favorite form of defense? Uh, for everything other than sci-fi, I mean, like like super high sci-fi, you know, um, you know, a good classic wall is a you know. So you like you like the city wall point of view, the 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 walled city, the medieval yeah. walled city, right? Yeah, with, I mean, you know, with, especially for fantasy. You know, but, I mean, and even, and they're star shaped, so you can like shoot in. You know, you have to get <laughs> two walls. They can aim together. Uh, you can put cannons on on different parts. They can aim together at the same location rather than a round city where uh, where they can only shoot out and they can't combine their shots except really far away. Is that that's what you like? Yeah, I mean that uh, you you find you find the the shape that that you know works best for whatever weaponry you have. But yeah, it's it provides you cover from from attacks, you know, and it, it the best cover is they if they can't see you they can't shoot you. Well, you that's know, again, not true up, at up all. Until, up until you get to the 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 really good sci-fi. Or, no, or no, no, no. I mean, th technology. think about the siege of Jerusalem again. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, and 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 listeners, I I I'm not like it's just that Israel has so many good examples about this sort of thing that's easy to come up with them. And I'm not a great scholar of Chinese culture, so I I can't give give my better examples from there. Let, let, let's say it this way: due to our world's history. There has been a plethora of stories about this particular culture. We are not picking on your culture. We are merely right. stating historical facts. But yeah. in, um, uh, what was it called? Was it uh, the, the city of, I can't think of it, Kingdom Come? I forget what it was called. Anyways, was it Orlando Bloom? I Orlando think so. Bloom? I think it was. Kingdom of Heaven. Kingdom of Heaven. Right. So you've got yeah. the Muslims that are trying to, they're, they're basically taking, going to take going to take over Jerusalem and they have the entire city surrounded by my favorite uh, 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 form of siege weapons trebuchets and they're just raining oh, yeah. these huge balls of of of, yep. of burning material down onto the city just just causing everything to catch on fire inside you know so uh, that's where I was kind of laughing at Jonathan saying well they they can't they can't kill you if they can't see you you know it says well if they can catch your house on fire they don't have to see you so no. There's always ways around the walls, but in the most basic sense right. of against an army on foot of infantrymen. Right. Well, what about uh, do you do you do you like the idea of dome cities then to solve that problem? If you can build a strong enough dome that won't collapse under it, you know, okay. that will have the same structural structural integrity as a wall. Oh yeah. All right. Well, you don't have any problem with the fact that. Now you look up and all you see is a ceiling. Oh, well, you paint that. Okay, and I guess you're gonna have to have some grow lights because you can't grow any food on the inside. So they decide to seed, put you in the seed situation, right? Well, I, I, I think I'm, 
I think uh, at this point you're getting into sci-fi where you can have the clear force field and all that. Yeah. It's... Or you have those grow lamps. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, uh, even in the medieval fantasy, there were lots of fly- things that could fly that could get in over those city walls and even get on, on top the dome. Because, of course, you know, it, the top, the dome is another place to, to put your emplacements for your defensive weapons, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So sure. that, I, you yeah, know, the, that idea is, is that you're, you're going to go and you're, you're, you're going you're gonna to wait for the enemy to come to you. And, uh, or if the enemy does break through your defense, you're out, your, your, your national defenses, then when they come to you, you're going to basically try to outweigh, outweigh them. Because historically, uh, uh, wars never lasted through the winter. Oh, it, yeah. It no, takes no. a huge amount of resources to maintain a standing army during the wintertime. Yeah, cause, yeah, yeah, and it's basically just a, a story of attrition. Who's going to wear out first? Right. Yeah. Usually... The people trapped in the city or the invading right. army... Right. Yeah. So usually what happens is is that the armies gather, they cross, you know, over into France, you know, from England, okay? They lay siege to a section of France. Uh France resists. And then we and you know, we 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 fight through the the spring rains, we fight through the the heat of the summer, we get to the you know, the sloggy, and then you get the word from the king saying um, we need these farmers back to bring in their crops, or we're all going to be starving you know, next year. So it's time to sue for peace. And and by the way, the 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 uh, the other side feels the same way because you know they their their defenders are also farmers that have been conscripted. So they and so they sit down and they basically you know form some kind of a peace. Uh, agreement where you know certain amount of land that's been taken is going to be kept you know the rest of the land is going to be considered safe from attack for x number of of, of decades you know uh and uh possibly reparations will be paid because you know if you if what you were really trying to do was to get land along a seacoast then you know that might you know, that might turn out to be a much better investment than having to pay some reparations, you know. And things happen, you know, you, you basically work it out and then everybody goes home for the winter and then the next, and um, and then the next spring, everybody has babies, okay? And then, you know, uh, and a couple years go, you know, five or six years go by and we start getting ready to, to either try to take that land back, okay, or uh, or take more land, right? So, anyways, so you know, when we have these, you know, these kinds of things, now, you know, that that's how they usually go. Okay, they'd always go that way, but they usually go. So, you know, you, uh, you like, you know, the city walls, uh, uh, Jonathan, uh, as your as your main defense. Okay, Trav, do you have a a main defense that you prefer? I'm more of, and I'm, and those who know me, you know, dementia radio. It's the frantic spit, uh, Taekwondo leap. The best defense is a good offense. You know who said that? Mel, the cook on Alice. Yeah. Basically, I like the orbital and aerial where it's get them before they get you. And just, yeah, it's, well, orbital or aerial. So either suborbital or orbital bombardment. You have something that will take out the enemy before they are a threat to you. And if it's a sci-fi colony, you're often going to have the sensor technology to say, Oh, there's somebody coming in from the system. Or, uh, let's see, um, Empire Strikes Back. When the Empire came to Hoth, they had that ion cannon, which 
usually ion cannons are made to knock out electronics. You hit a starship with that, and it's, air quotes, dead in the water. So yeah, they had those defenses to stop ships from, obviously, spoiler alert, Hoth got taken anyways, folks. Oh, been no. Years since, oh, yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> Hate to burst anybody's bubble. Oh. Oh, the humanity. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but And the droids are staying still, over there saying, what, are we nothing? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's basically the best defense is a good offense. Yeah, and Make it worked sure great until the in, until the big generator got knocked over, and then the cannon wasn't worth anything. Well, yeah, but still, they still got to the land, and that's where the beginning of the, uh, how do we call them now, the Zoom call force chokings began by Vader, because... Oh, he thought that a direct approach would work better. You've just blown our advantage, General, and all of a sudden he's there clutching his throat and drops to the deck. But no, I I have no problem with setting up defensive weaponry to make sure they don't get to us. Yeah, I don't know and why. Again, if it's a I, sci-fi colony. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why people have such such issues with people doing things over doing using force over long distances in the last three movies. Considering Darth Vader was doing it in the second, right. in the se- in, in in the second produced movie, you know, yeah, he, he he took out what two or three people, and everybody got these field promotions. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, okay. So yeah, and, I mean, usually the main yeah. idea of uh, of the whole orbital thing was that you know you could invest a lot of money and a lot of training in a relatively small force because they were pretty much untouchable and you know if you could afford to make a big enough air force or orbital you know uh, with you know laser satellites or you know energy what cannons the, on what, on a moon yeah what? what was it called and and even Jonathan would well uh, he might the strategic defense initiative that was hmm. planned in the 80s and it, it was called the Star Wars plan. Yeah, yeah Star Wars it, it, yeah yeah but <coughs> a thousand points of light defense. right well, that was a little before this was uh Reagan I know not W yeah oh okay but, well, all right. Yeah, and it, it was, was all the, just... I figured it was all the same thing, just being perpetuated. Uh, yeah, yeah. By... But, yeah, they had missiles that were supposed to come down and take out ICBMs. It's back when the Cold War, the last, you know, 10, yeah. what, 10 15 years of the and Cold if we, War. And if we hadn't had treaties against it, they would have actually done it. Well, yeah, we had the SALT treaties back in the day. Uh, what was it, we, Carter? Well, the main treaties were like saying, you will, thou shalt not put nuclear weapons or, you know, uh, or... Uh, in orbit yeah yeah that was that was the so big it was thing. sort of a failed yeah it was sort of a failed project we heard about it in the news yeah. constantly and they weren't able to create never, laser weapons yeah. or particle beam weapons that could do just take out the 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 missile the missiles on route yeah on route That's, yeah. yeah that they that, they weren't willing to spend the money for it really is what it came down to it yeah so yeah but um no i'm all for having the weaponry to defend yourself before they get to you. And again, in a sci-fi setting, you're going to have it where you can see them coming from anywhere from over the ridge to outside of the system. Right. Again, Robotech, the, the the sensors that picked up Bretine's fleet coming in. Right. Captain Global gets the message from Soldier, sir, we had a gravity shift and yeah, there's an alien fleet coming in. And so yeah, it's just having, because you're going to have if you if you want to have weapons that reach that far, you got to have sensor uh, situation that can see that far so you know what you're shooting at. So yeah. I'm all for preventive medicine in that regard. <laughs> this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming.
It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. You can listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on DementiaRadio.org. Also, the professor and I are each now on Twitch. For me, it's twitch.tv slash trav31369, Mondays, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, with campaign notes. The professor is at twitch.tv slash professorpixie. Please check her page for time and date.